0: You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Cody and Jess. Welcome back to the It's for Time podcast. It's so great to have you here. And as you can see, I have amazing guests with me that I can't wait to introduce you to. We are with um, two amazing women that are out there just doing a lot of good in the world and making a huge difference for women and children. And Mixers is excited to be able to team up with them, hoping that we can make a bigger impact on the world. And that's what our discussion is going to be all about today. Um, I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves in a minute. Um, but before... Before we go into all of this episode, we're going to turn time over to Jess for a
1: Mixers Girl Say. On today's Mixers Girl Say, we're going to go through a fun this or that edition that we had women participate in on our social media. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you the questions. I'll answer some. You answer some. And Great. then we'll see what people voted. Fun. This or that. Okay. Text or call? Text. Me too. Also, 78% of women said text. I know. So I feel like call if I'm like quickly needing an answer or like if I call, it's kind of like you and me do this mm-hmm. to each other. Like we text a lot or like we're, we're, we're super responsive to each other mm-hmm. in text. I know if Cody's calling me or if I'm calling her, yeah. we're like, oh, hurry, like let's grab it because yes. we we know there's like some urgency behind it. Right. Or just too much text, right? So yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. um Okay. Music or podcasts. Hmm. I love music, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I love podcasts. I Mm -hmm. think that it's like I'm killing two birds with one stone when I'm like Mm -hmm. out walking or hiking or whatever, or Mm -hmm. driving. Then I can also be learning and doing some of my own self-development as well. So
1: podcast. I don't think this is an option, but I'm going to vote 50-50. Yeah. Because I do both, Mm -hmm. like depending on the time of day, depending where I'm driving or what time of day I'm driving. Like I Mm -hmm feel like I do both, and I think that's kind of a cop out, but I no. do both. No, because I think it's important because
0: I think sometimes you can have information overload. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, no, music. I just want to listen to some of my favorite music instead. Do you ever just
1: drive with it silent? Yes. Me too. Yes. I just like silence sometimes. I know. Um, 78% of people said music. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. Yeah. This or that movie or book. I am movie. I wish I was love better movies. at books. I wish I were better at books. I listen to audiobooks, but I don't read books. Mm-hmm. And you you are a movie gal. I love movies. They're mm-hmm. like it's like my favorite thing. I'm kind of not that choosy too.
0: I mean, obviously it's nice when it's a nice, a good movie, but mm-hmm. it's like sometimes just the experience of going to the movies with my family or friends is just so fun. Mm-hmm. But I love books too. I used to be a much better reader. Um, but I find that lately, I feel like all I'm ever reading are things about science, <laughs> things about, you know what I mean? like Formulations. Not, I need, yeah. <laughs> I'm needing to like get lost in a fun, like fictional
1: story. Mm-hmm. I just think I love it when you find a book that you just can't put down. It's the best. A bunch of my girlfriends are the same as us. We're like mm-hmm. reader or sorry, moviegoers yeah. over reading, but they're all like all super absorbed in my Bunko group into this like romance novel series. Oh. I haven't entered it yet, but maybe you and I will be book gals if we do it. We're going to do it. (laughs) 63% of women said movies. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. For sure. I like the waffles like still fluffy Mm -hmm. and soft, Mm -hmm. but I like a crisp like Mm -hmm. waffle. you put some syrup on it, it's like the pancake gets soggy. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Waffles all the way. 60% of women vote Waffles. You know what's up. And last, cold climate or warm climate? It's currently freezing outside. I had mentioned (laughs) on a different episode um, that it was like spring was coming. I am, that's uh, (laughs) no longer looks that way. Um, Cold or warm climate?
0: Always warm. I am a sunshine girl for Mm -hmm. sure. But I've, over the years, I've been trying to embrace every season. And so I don't (laughs) like. Get depressed because honestly, it used to like when it would get cold outside. I'd be like, "Okay, I'll just try to survive until the sun comes back." Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Just get better clothes, mm-hmm. <laughs> get clothes that keep you warm, and get outside. The sun is still shining, even if you can't see it behind all of the cloud coverage. Get outside, move your body, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna
1: be happy all year long. All year long. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a warm climate gal if I have to vote but I feel like living here in Utah. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. many seasons. We have a lot of different uh like we experience all the weather extremes here. <laughs> yep. So I I feel like that's actually really fun to experience mm-hmm. all four seasons every year. But 80% of women vote warm climate. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't blame you. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the episode. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science, and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let Mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at Mixers.com. M-I-X-H-E-R-S. All right. So excited. So
0: let's just get right into it. Let's have you girls introduce, you ladies, I should say, you girls,
2: (laughs) you ladies,
0: (laughs) introduce yourselves to our audience. Who wants to go first?
3: Go
2: ahead. My name is Jocelyn. I am coming from Zambia. It's a country in the southern part of Africa. Um, I think maybe it's, it borders Zimbabwe. Yeah, uh, I work with an organization called Mothers Without Borders. I'm the country director in charge of all the programs, all the staff, and uh, all other things that need to be done to run that organization in the country. Amazing. Josephine and I have been able to get to know each other over the last couple
0: of days, and I'm so impressed with everything that she is doing. And I know you girls that are tuning in are going to be really inspired by all of the good work that she's doing over in Africa. So, And then we also
3: have Kathy. Yes, I am Kathy Headley, and I'm the founder of Mothers Without Borders. And I started the organization um, about 34 years ago in response to a growing uh, awareness on my part of the number of orphans that were being created in the world. And um, not just orphans in the traditional sense, children who have lost both parents, mm-hmm. but um, children that we refer to as economic orphans. So because of um, war, violence, mm-hmm. gender inequality, poverty, disease, things like that, um, drought, then a lot of children are left in a situation where they're being raised in households where they, um, their families or extended family members in the case where their parents have died are not able to take care of the needs of the children. So it's estimated that um, there's more than 170 million wow. orphans in the world. Those mm-hmm. are... Children who have lost one or both parents. Mm-hmm. And then when you add the economic orphans onto that, uh, creating what we call vulnerable children, it's in the hundreds of millions of of children, so as I became more and more aware of the growing need um, as a mother of five myself, mm-hmm. and knowing um, how how important it was for me that my children that their needs were met and that they could have dreams and right. opportunities, then I wanted to be able to create something that could help provide that for children around the world. Which led to my understanding and working with people like Josephine to understand that in order to create that opportunity for children, Mm -hmm. I had to also empower women. Mm -hmm. And so that became this really um, synergistic partnership between how do we identify women in communities that are willing to really make a difference in their community, and then how do we empower them to do so? Amazing. So it's really empowering um Josephine is our country director. She's also our Africa regional director because we've worked in multiple countries in that area. and she leads all of the initiatives. so mm-hmm. um, and she's a has a master's in social work, which uh, she's a little modest about her own personal accomplishments. she went uh, she worked full time for us and Went back to night school for wow. many years to complete that degree. Good for you. So very hardworking. A really a great example of a woman who is powerful and dynamic, and it shows us what women can do when yeah. they are not only empowered but given the actual power to make change in their communities. Mm-hmm. And do you find
0: that, um, I mean, as women, most of our audience is women. We love the men that are listening and tuning in, too, because men are needed in order to help empower women as well. But we care—we have, like, this little natural instinct within us as women to be people that— have a desire to nurture and to care. And so when we are given the ability and the opportunity to do it, I feel like it's why we can be so effective. And so I you said that you go into these different communities and you specifically go and look for other women in the community that you notice are people that are women that can be leaders. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Or what is it that you first, when you go in and you're trying to establish um, a way that you can help a, a local community, what are the kind of the first things that you're looking to to
2: establish? Okay. So just like you rightly put it, a woman is the one that usually encounters the problems uh, in a home. Mm-hmm. You find that they're the ones with the children. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just natural that those are the people we should look for when we go in a community. So what we normally do is um, these communities are usually organized in such a way that there's somebody that is a leader, mm-hmm. okay? So you can access those through a school, through a church, or through just some some small market committees that will be able to direct you to the actual woman that you can reach out to. So when we reach out to that person, you talk to them, and then they then will allow all the other women that will fit in the kind of program that you want to introduce in the community to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how we approach it. Yeah. So are there,
0: there are a lot of single moms and, and is that kind of what you're saying? That there's just a lot of women who are kind of the ones that are needing the most help because yes. they don't have the support that they, they need.
2: Yes. So the ones that are needing the help mostly are the would say widows Some are just single moms, Mm -hmm. like they never married before. And then there's grandmothers that are raising uh, grandkids. Mm -hmm. Probably the the moms or dads have passed, especially because of the HIV pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it's all those women falling into that category. And then sometimes it's just... Abused women that are still in an abusive marriage, but they they need some kind of uh, empowerment mm. so that they can be able to you know like take care of that circumstance that they're in. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's amazing, and I just think that's um, so amazing that you guys go in and provide that empowerment for these women to be able to kind of shine and to be able to step into their lives and make the. The most impact for good. So, well, I want to kind of go back a little bit because I know this is amazing and this is a good introduction for us to kind of know a little bit about mothers without without borders. But, Kathy, I would love to have you kind of share like what what really started all of this for you. What was going on in your heart that made you be the one that like was willing to just maybe get uncomfortable, maybe like take action? Where so many of us hear these stories and we're like, wow, there's so much you know, there's so much need out there and it kind of feels overwhelming and we think we wish we could help, but we don't always necessarily go take the steps that are necessary. So what was it that was going on in your heart that made you decide to be the one that was going to lend a hand?
3: Yeah. um, You know, I think for me, and this may be true for a lot of your listeners, if they really get quiet for a minute and kind of Look back at mm-hmm. who they were when they were children. You know, like what got your attention when you were a child? If you were playing on the playground and somebody fell down, like, did mm-hmm. that get your attention? And even if you were maybe shy and you didn't feel like you wanted to go over and help, did, did you have some kind of reaction? Was mm-hmm. it sort of like, Oh, you know, um, and I think some of that gets, scared out of us because we think, I I don't know what to do. I can't. And then we start believing this thing that says, um, there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. And I I certainly had a lot of that. I speak to that because I felt that. Mm -hmm. I- I really understand that about how it feels like, but I'm just one person mm-hmm. or I don't have any specific gifts or talents or I don't have a degree or I don't have financial backing or I don't have or I don't have. And it mm-hmm. all comes back to, it all kind of boils down to you either, you believe that you don't have enough, you don't know enough, but the real culprit is you don't believe that you are enough. Mm-hmm. And that's really what sits at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And I think because um, I experienced a um Fair amount of uh, trauma myself in my childhood, and uh, and as a result of that, I had a lot of those. I had a real um, affinity mm-hmm. towards people's suffering Just and a trauma. Heart. Yeah, and um, and so when I was uh, faced with it, mm-hmm. uh, and those feelings started coming up of, well, I don't know, I how could I solve this? Um, uh, typically, kind of the way I got myself to respond was to say, all right. Well, maybe you don't need to solve anything very big. Is there something you can do right here right now? Mm-hmm. Um, what can you do right here right now in this situation and And then you know be at peace with that kind right. of find some some be okay with that and you'd be surprised like i I really think it comes down to the i call it like the one more plate at the table thing yeah. i I raised five children, mostly as a single mom and and I know my kids would, you know, come in the door when I was calling to them and they'd have three stragglers right. and say, Can they stay for dinner? And I just throw more plates on the table, you know? Right. And I didn't say, No, mm-hmm. I didn't plan for that. You mm-hmm. know, I only have enough lettuce for four salads. It's yeah. like eh, take a little bit of liver, take a little bit of that. You know, and you figured you just, it out. Yeah. You make it work. Yeah. And so I really believe that we could solve pretty much all of humanity's problems. Mm-hmm. May sound simplistic, but I've put it to the test now for thirty yeah, thirty-four years, and we've been able That's to reach more than five million people, and it's like amazing. Yeah, it helps. And I didn't start out to do that, right? And I've had a lot of amazing local people um, like Josephine uh, who do m- much of the heavy lifting, but it's just believing that who you are makes a difference mm-hmm. on the planet, and that you have something to offer. And if you get still and drop into your heart and say what can I do today? Mm-hmm. And it might be, um, find a, an organization you trust. And I built Mothers Without Borders as an effort. I saw so many good people who said that, yeah. who said, I see the problem. I don't know what to do. Right. Why are you tackling AIDS, Kathy? Like what, how can you, <laughs> who are you? you, who are you? AIDS. And I ha- yeah. I was, I asked myself that question mm-hmm. many millions of times and I was asked that question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And so I built Mothers Without Borders as a way to create a bridge between the most vulnerable humans that I was coming in contact with and that Mm -hmm. I could identify and people with who cared and people who had, who said, I don't know what I can do, but I can give you $50 a month Mm -hmm. or I can, you know, do this or I can do that. And it's in 34 years, there's been a lot of different needs in many parts of the world. And what has resulted is, is that we found that. In One of our core beliefs at Mothers Without Borders is that we belong to each other as a human race, and so we take care of each other. And we do what we can. We don't ever want to disempower someone. Mm -hmm. We're very careful to not do something for someone that they can do for themselves. Even if they don't want to do it, mm-hmm. even if they're scared to do it, right. then our job is to give them the courage mm-hmm. to support them and to say, you can do this. I know it's hard. Which is literally what empowerment means, it right? Is. And so, yeah. It is. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not codependency, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and it's so easy to feel like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, give away all my clothes or out. It's like, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I always ask Josephine and I always, in all the countries I've worked, I'll say, um do you want these things right. to give away to people or do you want to try to sell them or do you want to try to set up a cooperative who will then sell them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who will then use that money in the way that they want to so they can learn about financial management and when you're working of course with with um vulnerable children mm-hmm. especially children who are trafficked those are mostly mm-hmm. kids we work with who are sexually abused um they need to be taken care of. Right. They need Their to be protected. Needs,
1: they need, need to be to,
3: rescued. Right. They need to be protected. They need to be mm-hmm. loved. They need to receive trauma healing. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things that, you know, Josephine is providing, we have more than 60 kids in residence. Um, and that number ebbs and flows. And right. then we've had hundreds of kids mm-hmm. in our residence facility where they come for safe shelter and food and education and counseling. Mm-hmm. And when they're ready, then they move. Either into a foster home or into a they form their own group homes. Yeah. If they're teenagers and they want to kind of be out on their own. But it's just really, for me, the journey was getting up every day and saying, What can I do today? Yeah. And that's really yeah. when people say, How did you do this? It's like one day at a time. One step at a time. Just one taking step action at a time. What can I do today? Mm-hmm. And it, it it builds upon itself. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have to practice good principles of business sure. like anything else. But um, I, I found that if I would go to bed at night and say, whatever I did for today,
1: mm-hmm.
3: it was enough for today. Mm-hmm. It's not enough for tomorrow, but it was enough for today. Yeah. And get up the next day and do it again. What you find is I look back now at a lifetime and, mm-hmm. you know, many, many people and yeah. many, many countries and, and many, many heroes. Like I look at Josephine and these grandmothers you know, hundreds of thousands of grandmothers in their 80s, raising all of their children's children. They're raising 15, 16. Right. Like they have the heart,
0: but they're willing to take the action. And they're willing to know that it's okay to ask others to join in. Because I feel like as women, like that's a natural instinct I think we have too, is that we, we like to come together. Like we're really good at gathering and collaborating and like, seeing it a, a problem that needs to be solved and being the person that's willing to step in but also recognizing like we have more power when we come together and so i love that and so it's amazing i want i want these women to give you all a picture of what it is that they are doing in these different communities what this looks like who it is that they're serving because i i want you girls to understand what All of this is about because as a Mixers community, we are going to have an opportunity to be able to also be the ones that can take our hearts and step into action to be able to also join with this amazing organization to make a difference in the world. So will you guys tell me exactly what it is that you are providing and who it is you're providing it for? Because it's a pretty incredible and extremely inspiring. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
2: So I'll start with one program where we are working with girls ages 10 to 24. Um, Initially, we're supposed to have them uh, like at 14 when they are teenagers. But then um, after some research, we've come to understand that some of the things that's making us work with these girls happen actually between the ages of 10 to 14. And you're talking about like sexual violence and early marriage. Yes. These are
3: girls that were being put into marriage at 10, 11, 12 years old. Well, you
0: were telling me just the other day that one of the girls that you are helping, she was a 10-year-old that came to them six months pregnant. I mean, this is like, an incredible thing that it's hard to wrap our minds around and hurts our hearts, obviously. But these are, these are women and children who are in desperate need at a much younger age than you would think. Yeah.
2: True. Yeah. So we've created a system where we have mentors, uh, mentors uh, assigned to maybe 20 girls Each And we have 21 mentors in this program where each one of them has 20 girls. Mm -hmm. So these mentors become friends and role models to the girls so that they can look up to them. They can have time to share their problems with. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just working out well because uh, culturally... Uh, the adults in the home, like the parents, they would never talk to a girl about girls' issues. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these mentors can talk. Yeah. And so
3: the the initiative is to find these girls who, because of poverty, mm-hmm. are at risk of being sold into early marriage by their parents. Right. And because their parents don't have any options. They're mm-hmm. very, very poor. They don't have money to educate their girls. And so mm-hmm. they they end up just starting their life as an adult at 11 or 12. Right. So by offering a different alternative, we offer these families a different path where we say, yeah. we will commit to keeping your daughter in school through her primary school, through her secondary school. And if she wants to go to college or a trade school, we will commit to that with her. And we teach them all kinds of other things, life skills and um, how to say no and mm-hmm. how to avoid being marginalized or right. being a victim of you know sexual Um, domination and different things like that. And so there's all these lessons that they learn. We have 470 girls in the program right now. And some of these girls were in a situation where they didn't think they could complete grade 12 and now they're in law school or they're in medical school or they're becoming teachers or nurses or musicians or artists, whatever they want. Seamstresses, um, Hmm. they have catering businesses. Uh, we're not really attached to what their dream is, right. except that it's their dream. You just want to We want them to have their dreams. Yeah. And so to see the difference between the girls when they first come in and they're shy mm. and they're scared and they're not sure yeah. It they don't know if they, they, can, know if they trust can trust it. I bet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when we talked with those, we had like 15 girls come together and as it happened, they were all in college and most of them were either in a medical, some degree of medicine, either research mm-hmm. or medicine or nursing. And then there was an engineer and listening to them talking, it's like I knew you girls mm-hmm. years and like yeah. you sat like this. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I'd ask them questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and now they're They're dynamic and they're vibrant. And it just is so, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is what can happen. And uh, even the kids that we rescue from being trafficked or who are having sexual violence inside of the homes they live or in their community. um, Josephine was telling me in the car yesterday, I said, so how much is it costing to keep the kids in the trauma Mm -hmm. center? And we'll keep them there as many years as we have to. Um, It's $27 a month. Okay. Wow. Wow. To save a child's life. Right. It's like, wow. okay, come on. Yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. Find me somebody who can't we do can $27 do, a month. We can do that. You right. Know? That's something we and can do. And it's like, yeah. I I had no, I had no idea. And they are offered so many amazing services. And Josephine's doing the hard work. She's mm-hmm. going into the homes, yeah. you know, and rescuing these kids. Um, and then we have great staff that Raise them and love them and nurture mm-hmm. them, and so that's mostly you know it's rescuing kids, it's educating them. We have a mm-hmm. school, a free school for community kids that has eight hundred and eighty students in it, and amazing. yeah, and then empowering women in communities, yeah. So.
0: And then you guys have a farm, right? We and do. You have, yeah, I mean, there's so many things, and you're helping to also teach them trades. And yeah. there's just a lot that's going there's on. There's a and, lot, and you and have if, to come. And yeah, so That's why for any of your wait. listeners who want yeah. come on a team, right? Because you Wanna get organize. to spend
3: ten days. You don't have to listen to twenty minutes and go, I didn't get all that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. There's no way we're going to be able to cover it yeah. all in this episode, but there is an opportunity that we're hoping to organize where yeah. maybe we can take you know a group of us to go and actually be you know help hands that can come and like yeah. help and um and help make a difference and learn and, and understand you know what the situation is um, that you're seeing and living with every single day. Which thank you by the way, that's amazing. Um, you're the one that goes into a lot of these homes. How does that affect your heart?
2: Like, how are you doing? Are you okay? <sighs> it's never easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's never easy. So every time. A situation presents, it's not always the same. Mm -hmm. So some of the situations are harder than the others, but it's never easy. You just have to create a space within yourself where you begin to accept that this is what it is. And uh, the healing thing about that is, you know that you have done your best to intervene in whatever way it is. It may not be like what you completely wanted to do, but something has been done about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So that's the consolation. But whenever any situation presents, it's always hard.
0: Yeah. I can only imagine. And I'm like wanting to take care of you too. I'm like (laughs) wanting to make sure that because I'm sure I can only imagine being somebody that's an outsider and not the person that's in there, like knowing these girls and, and seeing and And just experiencing all of the sadness that's going on, that that would be something that you would need support with too. And is that something that Mothers Without Borders also is like, I know Kathy is a a big-hearted person and you're very aware of like making sure women are being taken care of emotionally, not just physically. And so, yeah, tell me a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, so I'm a big um believer in uh, in meditation, mm-hmm. and I teach meditation. I train the staff, and Josephine is a meditator. It's that's been a big yeah, that's changed a lot of things in her life is to drop into those places where you find your authentic self and say, mm-hmm. "This hurts." And you find your ability to be able to hold space for others and to increase that. So I have, I know, because I've done this work myself for so many years, and I know what it is to feel like you're alone with Mm -hmm. your broken heart. Right. Like you can't really talk to your neighbors. When I would come back from really difficult places, war-torn places where there was a lot of suffering, and I would, you know, go back into my house in California or when I was in Colorado, different places. And the first thing people say to me is, oh, you, you were on another trip. I noticed you haven't been around. Did you have fun? Yeah. And the picture in my mind, you know, is a grandmother holding her daughter as she dies mm-hmm. and then has to take her newborn baby and figure out a way to care for it. So fun, it's like, and how do you have that conversation mm-hmm. and still have respect? So I wanted to be respectful of my neighbors who cared sure. about me. So I had a, a real personal understanding of what it is to hold your broken heart alone. And so when I started having more staffing in other parts of the world... I made it a priority that it's like, I see you, I'm here for you. What do you need? And made mm-hmm. sure that they have some R&R, that they have support, that they have
2: mm-hmm. therapy
3: when they need it, to be truthful, because yeah. we're experiencing a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. We are, the situations that Josephine goes into that I've been going into for many years are very trauma heavy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you have to ha- take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, you have to have, you have, you have to. to pull time away and say, make sure I'm eating well, make sure I'm resting, make sure I have somebody to talk to and let yourself cry. And for anybody listening, like if you hear a story that we tell or someone tells and you say, this is too heavy, I can't hold it, take a few breaths and say, really? Mm-hmm. Really, I can. I can I don't want to, and I don't like. Yeah, it. Yeah, it feels uncomfortable. That's okay. I mm-hmm. don't like that this is happening, and she doesn't like that it's happening. No, we never become complacent.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: when she has to rescue babies that are in that are dropped off by a young mm-hmm. mother who doesn't know what to do, and that baby doesn't survive. Yeah, she's the one that's holding that baby through its last breath. That's yeah. not easy. Um, so I made it a top priority that we would really. Offer, make sure that they have the care that mm-hmm. they need and that they're seen. You yeah. know, I see that you're in pain right now. Take a day off. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my solution is sometimes let's go to a movie and have some popcorn. Well, and sometimes, that was, yeah, escape, right? That it's was new for them. The reality. I think I introduced <laughs> them to movies and they were like, what is this movie thing? And it's like, trust me, it just works. <laughs> like you eat the popcorn, you drink your soda, you watch the movie, you feel you better when you come out. Escape, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And, you know, as women, and not just women, because it's just as people, as humans, um, when we see that there's a lot to do— our first instinct is to just do, do, do. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. sometimes we get like frightened and we don't do. We we are paralyzed. But when we do get into that do, do, do mode, it's also though important to remember that in order to be able to ma- have the biggest impact, we do have to take care of ourselves, put our own oxygen mask on, first. take care of our own you know emotional health as well, because. We are. We want to make the biggest impact for good in the world. And health is the tool. Health is the key for that. You have yeah. to be healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually
3: in order to go and make the biggest impact, which is what we want, right? And you have to be able to laugh. And one of the things that the people in Africa have worked now in seven or eight African countries. Africa is a huge continent. I haven't by any means worked everywhere, but in the seven or eight, they laugh a lot and they know how to laugh. And even on a day when we've had the hardest thing possible, Mm -hmm. we are always able to sit down at the end of the day and find something that we laugh so hard. And that is also... Creates that balance that says there is joy and there is suffering. Mm-hmm. And they both are equal parts of the same whole. Right. And they're both necessary. So their ability to laugh and to have community. And part of what you see when you see little videos of people sitting around and like mm-hmm. plaiting their hair, braiding their hair, and do it, that's all community. Yeah. Or cooking the food together. And we sit and do that. And and so that's very healing. And we don't have enough of that in our mm-hmm, culture. We, right. we separate ourselves and we, we keep our doors and windows mm-hmm. closed and kind of suffer and a lot. They mm-hmm. live in community. And yeah. so that really helps a ton. Like mm-hmm. that just helps the trauma kind of spread out and disappear and you're not going back into your own house by yourself. So there's a lot of things I've learned from very wise women Mm -hmm. in Africa Mm -hmm. um, that has taught me the value of laughter. So like with the teams, when we say, sometimes people say, well, what are we going to do when we go to Zambia? I say, well, have you ever just really wanted to spread, you know, pig manure around <laughs> on a garden? Because I'm yes. going to give you a chance to do that, and you will have to burn your clothes. And they're like, oh, fun. I don't know. That doesn't seem. And I was like, yeah, and I will laugh at you the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> be very entertaining for all of us.
0: Yes. yes. So it
3: is. It is, and we play with kids a lot. So yeah. mostly, what people do when they come in our groups, they play with kids. Mm. And so there is a lot of natural laughter being yeah. created. And so you can hold the heaviness of what you're seeing mm-hmm. because, you know, when a kid gets you in double Dutch and you're, you know, <laughs> 60 years old and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> and all the kids are lined up just yeah. giggling and laughing. And, and it's just, it's a very, yeah, it's a very healing kind of experience. It's just, yeah, it's. So
0: there's so many, so much wisdom in all of that. And I feel like even us, as we're listening to this, there's a lot that we can learn because um, I do think in our culture, we do tend to like, we separate and we suffer alone, Mm -hmm. but it's more important than ever when we are in that state of, you know, being that we need to connect. Um, It is, like I said before, it's in us. It's part of our just who we are as women and as human beings, we need to connect, we need each other. And it's not always easy. And sometimes this doesn't always feel like appropriate to to laugh and to feel the joy. So, but do you feel like that's just something that's just like a natural thing for you? Or do you have to like consciously decide, I need to laugh today, I haven't laughed today. And so we've got to do something like, you know, laugh at the lady trying to do double dutch or what, (laughs) no,
2: (laughs) no. I don't feel that way. It just, it just in you. yeah, it just comes naturally and and you just let it, have it go. Have no an explanation to it. Yeah, you just laugh, laugh. Yeah. And it, yes. it's just sort of the ebb and flow,
3: right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're laughing and we have so many kids around us at mm-hmm. the at our on our property at the between the trauma the children's resource center and then the school. And if, if kids can't make you laugh, I, I don't know. know who can because they're just silly. Yeah. You know, and they're fun. And uh, we had, to, I'll just give a short story that kind of really tells you where this healing is. You remember when we took Precious into the courts after she'd been abused? <laughs> <laughs> so we had this little girl, this little five-year-old girl, tiny <laughs> little thing, Precious. and her name is Precious, and she is Precious. Kay. She is the most darling little Aww. thing, just the most darling thing, and and she had been sexually assaulted by her brother, her stepbrother, for a few years, mm-hmm. and then we found out about it, and she was put into our care, mm-hmm. and on the day we went to the court, um, because she had to go and and name right. who it was okay. and all that. Mm-hmm. And that was traumatic, all of that. Yeah. And she was very nervous and she was shaking. We were taking really good care of her and I had her favorite book and she was sitting on my lap and Josephine went in the courtroom with her and we went through all that and finalized it and got back in the car and went out to our, to where we stay at the farm. And she was quiet the whole way back. And... Um, I didn't quite know what to do. And we got out of the car and I went and sat down and I had her book on my lap. And she came over and just started like fiddling with my hair and putting, she had tiny little fingers and she could just do the fastest braids and she was braiding my hair. And then, and I didn't say anything to her. We were just sitting together. And then all of a sudden she looked at me and she said, do you want to jump rope? And I know why they want me to jump rope because I'm horrible <laughs> at it and everybody laughs, you know, because yeah. it's the old white woman you know, <laughs> trying to jump rope. So I said, I do want to jump rope. And she was over it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And we went and jump roped and then she ran off and played with her friends. And I just thought, okay, what what am I learning from this child? Yeah. So I that was such a powerful moment mm-hmm. in my life because I was sitting there thinking, what should I do? What should I do? What mm-hmm. should I do? And she did it. Yeah. Yep. She did it. She just was her. She's just being her. She was just being her. And being in the moment. And be present. And yeah. when you're feeling joy, feel joy. And when you're feeling sadness, feel sadness. Because it too will pass. It's, yeah. Everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it, it moves if you let it move. Yeah. So I think for them, it's very natural to sit together as women. We laugh about many things. Many, <laughs> many things. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly ourselves, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it is healthy. Good. I yeah. love that. Well, I
0: know that when I've watched videos, which I'm excited, I, I'm gonna encourage you the listeners and and those that are viewing us on YouTube to go to our show notes because I'm going to link some videos that are from Mothers Without Borders. So you can actually see what we're all talking about today. But um, it seems like there is so much joy. There's just the biggest smiles on these, yeah. these women and these children's faces and the people that are working and helping. There, it just feels like it's not it's, you know, it's a sad story, you know, it's a sad situation, but there is joy. And I think that is, that's beautiful. And that is life. And, and, you know, I think that's so, there's so much that we can all learn from this. And I think it inspires us to like, learn to, to embrace it all and to be, you know, able to feel it all. And like, like you were just saying, yeah. Kathy, just knowing that when we are in these hard times and things are feeling hopeless, that that will pass and that we can look and find the good in in many things. And so, so yeah, so that's super inspiring. Um, yeah, I know we're going to kind of wrap this show up just pretty soon, but I wanted to give you guys a chance to just share from your heart the things that we as um, a community here can help with. Like how can we Help you girls, you ladies. You want me to do that one? <laughs> okay. <Oops. laughs> You're like, how do we make this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this so there's a, lot. there's
3: a lot of ways that people can help. Um, first, I want to assure your listeners that um, your pain is not um, secondary to anybody else's pain on the planet. So for anybody who's listening who has pain, know that your pain matters. Mm-hmm. And the pain of the people that we serve in Zambia is not superior or paramount. Mm -hmm. Because when someone is in pain, that's pain. And that's hard. And when something's hard for you in your life, like, please honor that and Mm -hmm. honor yourself and know that we honor Mm -hmm. you and that you have a community of people in Zambia and women everywhere who are honoring Mm -hmm. the pain that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. That's very real. So I don't want Mm -hmm. people to like say, oh, why should I be sad? Because this is no, no, no. Yes. It's not a competition. Pain is not a competition, mm-hmm. friends. It's beautiful. That's how we, you know, join our hearts together. Right. We say your your pain matters too, mm-hmm. um, and knowing that then gives you the courage to say, "What can I do today?" Um, the it's very helpful when people become monthly donors because that helps us know how much do we as a business have to work with. How right. if if I get if Josephine calls and says, "Kathy, there's 60 more girls." who want to go to school, I have to know, well, where am I going to find Mm -hmm. the funding to make that happen? Um, We're efficient. We're effective. We're, you know, we run a really... Yeah, well run. It's what I respect <laughs> a lot about you. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but we need help. You know, we need resources, right. and so becoming a monthly donor is a way. And you can, and you'll get reports back. You'll get impact reports. You can share with your family. It's fun for kids. Mm-hmm. Have your kids. I don't know if anybody has coins anymore. I, people <laughs> don't seem to know what to do with this thing sure. we call money. Sure. But if you pour, it, put it into a jar, and and um, you know, and then have your kids at the end of the month decide mm-hmm. where they wanted to go to a local shelter to a refugee. Mothers Without Borders with us, you'll get a report that mm-hmm. tells you what you're doing. Come on an expedition. Um, that's That changes your heart. Mm-hmm. Our expeditions are very unique um, and their they're personal growth, they're wellness oriented. Mm-hmm. We work on your wellness so that you can be a greater force in the world. And then you also get to play with a lot of kids and spread pig manure. <laughs> I mean, how many... Op- hey. Who else gives you that opportunity? That seems, yeah, <laughs> pretty incredible. Just no, saying. It does. it does. Just saying. You know? <laughs> and planting flowers and trees. Yeah. Um, so what else? What's helpful for you? What is the biggest help people can be for you? Because you're 10,000 miles away.
2: Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think just like Kathy said with me, I'll wrap it up with everything else that she said I I really feel like if we can look at each other as brothers and sisters all around, I think we are more likely to respond to help a sister mm-hmm. or a brother. Yeah, so that means it's everything that you can help your brother with, wherever you mm-hmm. see a need and whatever you have as in excess that you can give away, it would definitely make a difference in one of the people that would need that particular thing.
0: Oh, it's just beautiful and it's so true. We are brothers and sisters and and there's a lot that we can do, just little small little um, acts of kindness and love and a willingness, a willing heart can really make a huge difference. And so at Mixers, we're really excited because we are going to have an opportunity to donate a lot of the supplements that I know have been helping many of you to be able to put that in the hands of these women to help the women and children that they are working with to support their nourishment and their health, because we want these we want these people, these brothers and sisters that are living on another continent to be able to thrive in their lives and be able to live their dreams and do more than just survive. Like, obviously, you're helping them to survive, but we want them to have their health so that then they can learn and grow and do all the amazing things that they um Are able to do if they have the right support and empowerment. And so we're excited about that. And then we have an opportunity for you to also help us to be able to help them. So, because we are all mothers, no matter if we actually have our own children or not, just we are mothers, and the fact that we are each other's caretakers and nurturers. On this coming Mother's Day weekend, we are donating 10% of all cells to Mothers Without Borders. So (laughs) when you purchase um, these products that are helping to support your health so that you can feel like you can go out and do the good in the world that you're meant to do, know that 10% of what you are um, spending is going also is being put into the hands of amazing women who are doing incredible work and making a huge difference in this world. I'm getting emotional because I am so inspired and I just want to be more like these women. And I know that you are most likely feeling the same things I am. We can come together. We are mothers without borders and um, it's important for us to take the gifts that we have it within us and and do the good in the world that we are meant to do so thank you so much thank you what thank an amazing you. interview and thank you, you. <laughs> love you both and I encourage you to go and look at the links that are in the um show notes go and donate where you can get your family involved share this story with the women in your life because sharing is caring and the more we come together, the more good that can come from that. So thank you for tuning in. We really love and appreciate all of you that um, are subscribed to this podcast, whether you are listening on your favorite podcast platform or whether you are tuning um, into our YouTube channel. It makes a big difference. One of the best ways that you can help this podcast to grow is to like and subscribe and then to share these episodes, um, whether it's with your best friend, your mom, your sister, or on your social media. It makes a big difference. It helps us to grow the audience and it helps us to be able to have bigger reach. It also helps us to be able to invite amazing guests that are experts in whatever it is that they do so that we can learn from them and be able to implement the things that they have to offer into our own lives. So So until next time, we'll see you guys again next Tuesday. I hope you have a very happy and healthy week. And thank you again so much for coming. Thank
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.